This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. This episode of This Week in HPC is brought to you by Bright Computing, smarter HPC clusters no matter what the future brings. Visit brightcomputing.com. Third generation Xeon Scalable. Intel floats news raft on Cascade Lake. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, joined again by Tiffany Trader. Tiffany, This Week in HPC, a big product launch from Intel, which always ripples through our industry. In this case, we've got the Cooper Lake new third-generation Xeon scalable family of processors, four and eight socket platforms. In total, 11 new SKUs were announced for this late launch of Cooper, Cooper Lake with between 16 to 28 cores and up to 31 gigahertz base clock frequency up to 4.3 gigahertz with turbo boost and support for up to six memory channels. So this is the uh, successor to Cascade Lake and it's the, the one one generation before the upcoming Ice Lake, which is due out later this year. And of course, originally Cooper Lake was intended for the full range, I think Intel calls it top to bottom, uh, data center platforms, one, two, four, and eight sockets. But as you said, this is just this is just targeting four and eight socket servers aimed at uh, AI and analytics workloads for uh, hyperscale and in the data center. Um, and uh, Intel scaled back this product launch to meet this interim need between Cascade Lake Refresh, which just came out earlier this year, which was a, a refresh, as the name says, a refresh of Cascade Lake, uh, and then the upcoming Ice Lake server. So they needed this interim interim uh, slot between the um, the full range on the the or the Cascade Lake Refresh, which was just for one and two, and then the coming Ice Lake server CPUs, which will target one and two socket. And um, they had this outstanding need to to do a refresh for the the, the high socket uh, market. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of important things implicit in what you just said there. First of all, that this is that top end of the range, the four socket, the eight socket service, and this does see this is a a, a follow on from Cascade Lake. What was the Pearly platform? They're all calling this the Cedar Island platform. The other half of what they're calling third generation, which is the pending later this year, Ice Lake on what they're calling the Whitley platform, that'll be the one and two socket. And that feels more like they've pulled that forward from Sapphire Rapids. So while this third generation combination of Cooper Lake, Ice Lake, they're calling both of those third generation, it really feels to me more like the Cooper Lake is a two and a half, it's the Cascade Lake Plus, and the Ice Lake is more of a of a pull forward from Sapphire Rapids, which they're now calling next generation. I, I don't know if that means that it's fourth generation. Next seems to be next after third, but but this current third generation is a is a bit of a, a mix between what what came before and what's coming next. Now with the Cooper Lake, you were saying it's targeting these data center, cloud, and uh, and AI workloads, and I think that's absolutely right. It's not strictly a, a product for most of the HPC market in that in that sense. HPC systems in our most recent survey were about 80% still one and two socket systems. And then the four to eight socket systems is uh, close to 15% of the market. And then the rest is is things that are above eight socket systems. So that four to eight is really more sockets than the vast majority of the HPC market uses, but it is a sweet spot 
for a lot of a lot of uh, cloud and AI and uh, and virtualized markets. So we'll see some of it in HPC, but it is still a very relevant HPC platform because we're getting a preview of a lot of the technologies that are coming into. Uh, the future Ice Lake, the Sapphire Rapids. There's a lot outside the processor platforms themselves that that's really being updated. A lot of features here. Going back a second, I'm on board with you with this idea that Cooper Lake is is kind of a two and a half. It's a, it's a follow on to Cas Cascade Lake and and completing um, the, the the need there for the four and eight on the Ice Lake. Uh, I'm not so sure if that's pulling from Sa Sapphire Rapids. I think with Sapphire Rapids, they're going to come out with that full top to bottom, the full one to eight. Uh, you know, one all the way to eight sockets. I'm not really sure that Intel's in a position to hold anything back there. So we'll have to see. But that is. Um, you know, will be forthcoming. In fact, one of the things that they, they reported on um, that Intel told us about was that they have uh, recently completed the power on for that next gen, that 10 nanometer next gen Sapphire Rapids that's coming out in 2021, uh, expected to come out. Of course, that is the um, going to be foundational to Aurora at Argonne, the the, um, what, what, what may be uh, one of the first exascale machines. And they're, they're currently testing out features, including um, and we'll get we'll get back to the Cooper Lake features in, in just a second. Uh, but for this next generation one, they're going to be an, announcing a new next generation AI acceleration feature for this uh, called Advanced, um, the Intel Advanced Matrix Extension or AMX that they that they say will further boost training and inference performance. And the the specification, the spec for that AMX will be will be published this month um, to give developers a chance to, uh, to start um, preparing for it. But um, circling back to Cooper Lake, I know there were some new elements here, which one of the elements was that Cooper Lake introduces BFloat 16 as part of the deep learning boost, the DL boost um, features. And, and so this is, this is where they're introducing that the, the, BF, the BF float. What I was looking at with regard to BFloat 16, they're talking about it as a as a compact numeric format that's essentially 16 bits, but they're saying it's got comparable uh, model accuracy to floating point 32. And I had to look at the charts on that to see what it is that we're doing there. It's, it's got the same range in terms of the number of bits that are dedicated to the exponent. So it can target numbers that are as large or as small as a 32-bit range. But then it truncates uh, the mantissa, or, or what we would think of as what's after the decimal point in a, in a base 10 system. So it really does come at the expense of accuracy. But uh, again, for some of these workloads that they're targeting, accuracy doesn't wind up really being um, uh, the big driver when you're in a lot of these neural network or, or AI kinds of uh, 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 training algorithms or, or inference algorithms. And, and that's where we see the desire to go down in precision towards 16 uh, or, or even 8-bit. When we talk about double precision, single precision, half precision, a lot of that is AI workloads driving that. So uh, and I guess there are some HPC workloads where you can say, well, how accurate was your model to begin with? And, and would rather keep the range and, and sacrifice on some of the precision and the accuracy in order to get faster performance. 
Um, that's really what B-float is targeting. When they're saying it's comparable, comparable model accuracy, it is not comparable accuracy or the same accuracy from a strict math sense. They're rounding off a lot sooner. But if you've got a model that would tolerate rounding off a lot sooner, then uh, B-float is for you. When I looked at the diagrams for uh, Cooper Lake, the first thing I looked at was this UPI interconnect. Uh, UPI is now UltraPath Interconnect, which is a follow-on to Intel's QPI, the, the Quick Path Interconnect. And the big thing now is with the six paths in and out of, uh, of each uh, uh, processing uh, uh, module, they, they've got a complete peer-to-peer -peer, uh, UPI connection on the chip, uh, doubled two connections in and out in all directions. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, the, the six UPI links now are supported per processor. So uh, there's two two full links between CPUs. And so uh, instead of just the 10.4 gigatransfers per second, which is the, the speed for one link, you get two of those. So that doubles your doubles it to uh, 20.8 gigatransfers per second. And the other first thing uh, we notice when we, when we look at this news is that it introduces the Intel Optane Persistent Memory 200 series, the, the um, the follow-on to the to the to the initial 100 series that came out with Cascade Lake, in this generation, Intel says it delivers 25% more bandwidth over the previous generation. Um, as with the Optane 100 series, the 200 series is available in 128, 256, and 512 gigabyte modules. Uh, these can sit side by side with the traditional DRAM on the motherboard. Um, up to six modules fit on a single socket, and that provides up to three terabytes of persistent memory per socket, the, the PMEM, and uh, total memory capacity uh, at 4.5 ter terabytes per socket. And that's, um, again, that's the same, the, same as um, the first generation, but the, the memory bandwidth is, uh, Intel says, is 25% more due to supporting the, the higher rate uh, DIMM cards. Yeah, I looked at that Optane as well. I think that's a real highlight here. Uh, in fact, I, as an analyst covering the HPC industry, I think Optane is one of the most compelling and interesting technologies that Intel has going right now. The ability to do that fast, close-in, persistent memory as an extension of a storage architecture really extends the notion of, of memory as part of a storage or a data architecture and get that fast data in really close to the processing element. I think it's a really relevant product for this point in time where we are in the HPC industry and seeing that go to a next generation and how it's integrating with the processors, I think is extremely relevant. You know, currently, Intel is keeping that as a proprietary Intel technology. It only it only works with Intel CPUs. Um, they could potentially decide to open it up. We'll see, and then we'll see if uh, their development par partner Micron, who also has uh, rights to that 3D crosspoint technology, you know, we'll see what they do in the future too. But I agree, it's an interesting technology. Now, with all of these technologies put together, they're they're really focusing on performance, of course, as you would with a lot of these benchmarks. Now, these are focused on uh, AI in particular. Uh, in your article on HPC Wire, you're citing some of the benchmarks that Intel is claiming. They're nearly doubling their performance, 1.93 times more AI training performance and 1.87 times more AI inference performance. There are some other... Um, uh, benchmarks there as well, but but really looks like they're targeting uh, AI, which uh, feels like they're really ready to engage with uh, not only NVIDIA, but the, but the whole uh, conversation about what's the highest performing 
AI technologies. Mm -hmm. And they have uh, some partner support at launch. They announced support from uh, the, the, from Facebook, uh, Facebook, Alibaba, Baidu, and Tencent. They have all announced plans to adopt Cooper Lake, uh, these high socket CPUs, uh, as well as o OEM support, uh, Gigabyte, Inspur, Lenovo, Supermicro, and Huawei have a uh, are, um, have so far announced that they will be building servers with these uh, new Cooper Lake CPUs and the Optane Persistent Memory 200 series modules. And, and that's a good list of uh, OEMs and their ODMs also. Now, when I look at those constituencies there, it, it does, again, for me, lean a little more hyperscale than pure HPC. It's not that, you know, Lenovo and Huawei don't don't serve the HPC market. Of course they do, but uh, they're bigger providers to hyperscale. So I, I think that's the, the big primary first target for uh, Cooper Lake is to try to go into some of these uh, hyperscale environments, particularly when you start talking about Open Compute Platform or OCP. There's talk about Alibaba, Tencent, Baidu uh, together with Facebook. So you know, that, that hyperscale is really the primary market here. Mm -hmm. So there was an also there was also an FPGA announced uh, this week by Intel. They introduced what they they are calling their first AI optimized FPGA, and this is the Stratix 10 NX, and it features expanded AI tensor blocks, uh, integrated HBM memory, and high bandwidth networking. It leverages Intel's chiplet architecture. And the, uh, the FPGA portion of the chip is fabbed on Intel's 14 nanometer technology. Uh, Intel reports this FPGA will deliver up to 15 times more int 8 compute than the Stratix 10MX, uh, which came out a couple years ago. Uh, and the, uh, the new chip also features, and we don't need to get into that. Um, Intel says the Stratix 10 NX will be available later this year. Yeah, that's another good announcement as part of this whole suite that's coming out. And that, to me, really goes to the uh, the inference market. That's, again, complementary to everything going on uh, with respect to AI with this chip. Now, there, there are other things that I still want to look at here uh, in terms of uh, 48 lanes of PCI Express 3.0. Uh, and there's a, there's a NAND component here as well, is there not? Yes, uh, Intel also announced a pair of new NAND drives, the D7P5500 and the DP5600. These are built with Intel's triple level cell, their TLC 3D NAND technology, uh, and a new low latency PCIe controller, and that is aimed at meeting uh, the I.O. requirements of AI and analytics workloads. Um, what's notable here is these are the two NANDI devices uh, from Intel to support PCIe Gen 4. Of course, it's also backwards compatible, so it can support PCI Gen 3 as well. Um, and as far as uh, PCI Gen 4 devices, um, Intel has slowly, or you know, Intel has been adding support for these, even though their their processor lines so far, including keep, including Cooper Lake, are still on Gen 3. Uh, but they are they are they are building up um, their support for for Gen 4 PCI Gen 4. Intel says the new devices will deliver 40% lower latency and 33% better performance than the prior generation of of uh, of their NANDI devices. 
Yeah, so a lot of new features here and a lot to digest with respect to this Cooper Lake and uh, this new Cooper Lake third generation uh, Xeon scalable. And you do a good job uh, covering a lot of that in your article on HPC Wire. There's also an interview with Lisa Spellman with so much focus on AI. Uh, she's quoted not only in your article here, but you've got another interview to, uh, with John Russell on HPC Wire where she talks about which Intel parts really complement which AI workloads in the best way. Yeah, so with AI capabilities and infusing all these different offerings, the there's a from Intel, there's the CPU, the FPGA, the Havana Labs technologies, and the uh, there's a, a a GPU that they're the XE GPU that they're working on. You know, people want to understand. You know, how the what, what parts complement which workloads, as you said. So in John's article on the uh, the Stratix, the new Stratix FPGA, uh, Lisa Spellman offers her perspective on that. This is really the first major news announcement that's coming in with ISC season. ISC is starting up, sadly, a virtual event this year. So we're not seeing each other all together in Germany. But if you're uh, someone who's traditionally not able to travel uh, to such a conference, now's your big chance because ISC is digital and online and uh and an upcoming episode of This Week in HPC, we're going to be digesting a lot more coming out of ISC. I'm looking forward, as always, to Vendor Showdown, where Rupak Biswas of NASA uh, and I uh, took on one of the Vendor Showdown sessions. There are keynotes events, as usual. Uh, so we're, we've got a lot to look forward and top 500, of course. So we've got a lot to look forward to coming out of ISC. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're going to miss seeing everyone in person. Uh, we'll look forward to the to the days when things get back to normal. But for now, we're glad to have these digital events. It's great that they are available and accessible to more people. That's wonderful. And kudos to ISC for making this a free event. All right, Tiffany, thanks again for wrapping up the week in the news. And we'll be talking about ISC soon. Thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.